What up, game wankers? Or did we settle on guankers? I can't remember. We did go for guankers. I don't. I don't know how easy is guankers to say quickly. It's, it's guankers. guankers. I think it's going to take. We're going to have to keep doing this until it's established, and then people won't think we're just saying words wrong. <laughs> so we'll just stick with this for now. Game wankers, then guankers. Yeah. Cool. Create associations in people's heads. Anyway, hi, it's Andy of the One Up Pod, and I am joined, as you heard, by Becky yet again. Also of the One Up Pod. Hi. Yes, this isn't just a stranger who walked in on me. Like she is actually <laughs> part of the show. So scheduling issues forced her back into the fold because she thought she was going to get a week off. But I no. Did I did? I've had to scramble. <laughs> <laughs> There is no escape, Becky. You're trapped <laughs> now in Games Master World. Uh, so yes, for you, the listener, welcome to another episode of Games Master Revisited, the Series 1 finale. Yeah. We made it. We, we made it, so folks. We did it. Well, you did. I mean, I, I've just, I've interloped. You, you've you been committed. I should be committed. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. It seemed like a great idea at the time. I'm still, I'm still very proud of the show, but fucking hell, the <laughs> undertaking is... <laughs> getting through it's, series one was a struggle Th- it's, it's a lot there's six more of these bastards to get through and they're all much longer anyway i i feel like we are not really putting our best foot forward me complaining about the show <laughs> <laughs> i think it's going to get easier because the first season series is obviously like the production values are extra ropey and like it's it's quite difficult to look at because of the like some of the like really harsh graphics so hopefully it'll get easier as we go along and we get yeah. more modern there are like growing pains i guess and, like our show is going through them as well 100 percent. hopefully by the end of the whole this whole thing I won't be dead because it's going to take forever to get there. <laughs> wow, anyway. what a positive note to start on. I won't be dead. It's a, it's a hope. <laughs> if not, I am writing in my will that Chip has to take over as the main host. Oh my God, Sorry, yes. Chip. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as I said, the Series 1 finale is finally here. But uh, before we get to that episode, I want to briefly go back to the previous episode namely the final challenge of that episode oh quite the, the controversial one it was they claimed the challenger sega champion danny curley had never played shadow dancer before i said and becky backed me up in this belief that he had played it before yeah and i fucking called it i wasn't being paranoid it wasn't that fucking baseball challenge that threw me off or the consultation <laughs> zone being full of lies this was i was completely justified in my doubts i looked this shit up in the oral history and danny curley himself confirmed it Ugh. he said he'd owned the game for like a month before doing the challenge and he got told when he showed up that the producers wanted to pretend he had never played the game before and even he acknowledged that's ridiculous because it's going to be really obvious what as soon as people see him play it yep ah <laughs> vindication i know it feels so good and it was especially funny because apparently well that wasn't even his first attempt at the challenge because he originally <laughs> died within the first two seconds <laughs> that is amazing over. it would have been so much funnier if they'd just gone with the two seconds yeah i and think that, that would have been better they'd have got away with it then yeah so yeah i believe that he's never played this game before yeah would have and- done you could be like, oh, the Games Master's going to give him another chance. Instead, they sit on a throne of lies. And he could have blitzed through it the second time. It would have been a redemption story for Danny Curley. But no, they no. just tried to lie to us <sighs> again. Again. We're onto them now, though. Yeah, we see through this shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving <laughs> on from that controversy. Finally, I'm going to move on from it. We can grow and we can heal. I, I try to heal. <laughs> this show makes it difficult sometimes. <laughs> We are now finally at the last episode of Series 1, and there's a somewhat sombre tone over the introduction here. There is. I put funereal. Yeah, it really felt like the, the end of things. Like Dominic Diamond says, Welcome to a very sad occasion. Like Liberace, I have tinkled my last ivory, <laughs> as this is the last Games Master of the series. That Yeah, you can understand last of the series, but the tone makes it feel like it's the last thing they're ever going to do. I Yeah. I wrote, I wonder if they didn't know if they'd been recommissioned yet, that it was very, like, this could be it. It does feel like that. I, like, I'm not sure. It, they never really mentioned it, as far as I can see, in the oral history, how far ahead they'd recorded, because obviously quite early on they knew it was a ratings hit. Mm. But they must have recorded a lot of this before it became obvious the show had staying power. So it's, it's really weird that torn throughout this episode is very much like this might be the end lads so 
That's, yeah, that's smoke just... him if you got him. Yeah. <laughs> While being a somber intro, it wasn't somber enough to prevent Dominic Diamond from being a cheeky little boy. <laughs> again. <laughs> he said he hopes that they've shown some people the neon delights of arcade ecstasy and satisfied the cravings of the most rampant joystick tuckers. Yeah. <laughs> but there you like, go. Oh, it's nice. It's like a, a nice kind of, you know, honorary intro. They're being, you know, quite reverent. Oh, no, there he is. One for the road, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it just really does feel like they had no idea the show was going to continue mm. for six more series. Because so, uh, then Dominic turns to the games master and he says, with a huge lump in my throat. Yeah. And... I was so relieved that's how he finished that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, where's he going with this? Oh, no. okay, I know. Okay. I had the exact same, like, almost like trauma response of, yeah. oh, God, where's this going? Dominic, come on. You'll be doing so well. <laughs> and that, Don't ruin it now, Dominic. He, he pulled it back. It's fine. So to speak. <laughs> so, no. the, the first challenge of the final episode ever according to Games Master at this point. <laughs> it was Duck Hunt. And, I mean, I feel like everyone should know Duck Hunt. Like, certainly anyone who listens to us, because nobody under the age of 25 listens to us. <laughs> so they definitely heard of Duck Hunt. I didn't have to do a whole lot of research on this, because it's fucking Duck Hunt. It's a legend. <laughs> I never so played the, it, though. Well, I mean, yeah, like, finding a working Nintendo with a working... Zapper gun. Well, yeah. Started getting a lot more difficult as time went on. It came out in 1984, and it was a packing game for the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System with the NES Zapper light gun. It was one of the few games that worked with the Zapper light gun. <laughs> it got a lot of use out of any kid that owned that gun because that's all they had. I I'd never owned a Nintendo, but I played a lot of it at a friend's house, so mm. I've, I'm well versed in all the shite that came with the Nintendo. <laughs> The challenge is to go through the first two stages. First stage is shooting a shitload of ducks, and the second stage is shooting the clay pigeons. Uh, the challenger is Paul Gammon. Was it Gammon? It sounded like Gammon to me. I thought he said Gammon, and then Danny made a joke about him being a Tory, so I just assumed Gammon. <laughs> I just went with Gammon. I'm not rewinding it. I feel Gammon's a good thing to sell. Yeah. <laughs> I really should have looked this up in the book, but like I didn't bother. <laughs> I definitely know this kid spoke in the book at some point. Kid. He was a grown man by this point, but yes, I, he definitely said something in the book, but I didn't spell check. So he's Gammon now, forever. <laughs> he is Gammon. Uh, Dominic asked uh, Paul Gammon if he was confident, <laughs> to which he just replied, no. Yeah, <laughs> I loved <laughs> this kid's energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very relatable energy. I like yeah. when they're very... <laughs> very uncertain of themselves and it was like the giggle he did as he said it, it was like no <laughs> <laughs> why am i here <laughs> i have no idea what i'm doing it was great yeah as he said very relatable in the commentary pulpit it was jazz rignall and his mullet yeah jazz rignall's mullet and his stripy rugby jersey or whatever the fuck it is it's <laughs> his signature look he uh, points out the game is as old as the challenger possibly older he starts pretty strong he gets three shots to take down two ducks and there's this really funny little cut to a close-up of the second duck dying it looked like <laughs> yeah. a, something in like a goodfellas or something like that just a random shot of like intercutting the duck dying or maybe like a fucking pecking par something like he'd yeah. do <laughs> like a duck dying yeah but, oh, i thought wow. it was like it needed some kind of like slow motion somber music behind it like da, da, da. there's it like flew <laughs> cranking up the sound of the duck screaming <laughs> black and white yeah <laughs> full-on like a uh, willem defoe in platoon pose yes it yeah. was such a weird choice to make that cup but they'd love to do that sometimes on the show at least this wasn't like an upskirt of a tennis player so. well yeah i mean you know we've progressed slightly uh the next his next attempt was two for two that he did well there. Mm. Then he got an, another two for two, just nailing them. It felt like he'd sussed out the trajectory of the gun at this point, so he worked out where to point, because those light guns are a pain in the ass to calibrate, so I can <laughs> see that being a bit of a trick. And then he got another two for two. He was doing really well. Gets yeah, a bit he cocky here. Then he takes two shots to take down one duck, and then he wastes a few shots without killing the last duck. Yeah, he just kind of got a bit like... Well, he says, doesn't he? He got a bit trigger happy. And I was like, no, Paul Gammon, he's back. He's back. Yeah, he, he was taking his time with the others. But this now, this time, he was getting impatient. I think he wanted to get to the next round because he knew that was the last set of ducks. Yeah. And so he should have just kept his cool. And that might have helped him in the next section. Because the, the final round with the clay pigeons, he got 
three out of the first four and these they're like faster and they get smaller as they move across the screen they're moving kind of in a straight line but they do the target gets a lot smaller mm. the further it gets away so you have to hit them straight away otherwise you're done basically and he was doing really well i mean i know i would have completely eaten shit on this game <laughs> yeah. especially by this time he got two more down like two more after that jazz seemingly isn't convinced by his technique <laughs> like he said he wasn't following through or something like that yeah i thought it was like how do you follow through with a light gun it's not like a rifle or like a throwing arm yeah he's just, I, I was trying to work out what he meant by that but i, I guess he was right because <laughs> there's the final two he if he gets these he wins he shoots down the first pigeon and then just starts unloading on the <laughs> second one to absolutely no effect yeah and game over i was oh. like oh he did that thing again where he just lost his cool and just started getting impatient. Yeah, it was it was so close as well. I felt I really felt for him for this one. In the interview with Dominic, he mentions that he got trigger happy. Uh, I recall him in the oral history. He said he was so upset he was on the verge of tears, Aww. like trying not to cry. And he got because Dominic said he got a bit trigger happy there, didn't you? And then Paul just got trigger happy stuck in his head and he just repeated it back to him. Said, yeah, I got a bit trigger happy. Apparently that's haunted him <laughs> most of his adult life. Just oh. that moment. So I felt so bad for him. Oh, bless him. Yeah, I thought Dominic was really nice to him as well. Like he could have easily been a bit of a shit like he has been with some other ones. Made a joke about it, but he's yeah. pretty good at sensing when the kids are upset and not yeah. being a shit house. He knows when they can take a joke, usually. There's another thing Paul mentioned in the oral history. Many years later, he was on Digitizer the Show that was made in 2018. After that, they dressed him up as a duck <laughs> and they had some like guests try and chase him down and shoot him. And he said, that did not do my healing any good. <laughs> oh. Who thought that was a good idea? This that was horrible. one of the most traumatic things that's ever happened to him. <laughs> this is... You do... <laughs> Jesus. I felt so bad for him. I felt bad for him already. And after reading this, I felt even worse. Yeah. Oh, bless him. So I feel like if I'd have been on the show and saw how upset he was, I'd be like, fuck, let's just give him another go. Yeah. It's not like they're <laughs> above that. They'll, they've done it before. Well, yeah. So I, Danny Curley. Danny Curley. And they also, <laughs> I noted the kid, the Sonic kid in episode two, Alex, he got really nervous as soon as the camera started and he fucked up his first attempt. So they, they they were nice about it and they thought, well, this is our second episode. We can't fuck it up straight away. Mm. <laughs> so have another shot. And then he nailed it. Oh, So yeah. apparently, because like, I guess if you fail in two seconds, that's not a particularly entertaining challenge. Well, yeah. <laughs> so you probably would say, yeah, do it again. But I guess Paul did get to the second stage, so yeah. that's fair enough. He did he did really well. I would not have done nearly as well as he did. No, no, I mean, like, my time crisis is, like, my only real experience with light guns. And I'm terrible at it, so I've got no aim. So he did really well. He should yeah. be proud, Paul, wherever you I are. Hopefully you've had enough therapy to get over <laughs> this. Because certainly Digitizer didn't help you. So after that, Dominic takes us to the reviews. Oh my god. <laughs> and, like, I should have known we were off to a bad start when he said, whoops, vicar. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Because <laughs> the theme for this week, the last theme possibly ever, as far as they knew, <laughs> is adult games. What a kid's show. Fuck it, this, this is, is for children. This is like on at 6.30. This is when you, what you're eating when you're having your dinner after school. Like, uh. It's adult games. This is what it's all been building to, all series. <laughs> Did they just think like they weren't going to get another series? So you know what? Fuck it. Let's just have some softcore porn. <laughs> you know when you just kind of, like, you see something so shocking, you just freeze. And, and like, you know, watching a car crash or something, you just can't look away. And I just, I stopped and was just staring at the screen like, oh, they're, they are actually doing this. This is, this is where... <laughs> Because you'd already mentioned to me that the review section was something to watch out for. I just was not expecting this. I mean, bring back the funk. Like, come on. You were probably thinking, ah, oh, Jeremy Daldry's back. Yeah, I was, like, nope. I was. I was. I was like, oh, God, it's Jeremy. No, there's, there's no. nothing I could have said to prepare you for this. Oh, God, no. No, and I'm glad you didn't because that initial moment of shock was, was something. <laughs> the first game, the first adult game, 
that they're going to talk about. <sighs> on a kid's show. Is Deluxe Strip Poker 2 <laughs> on the Amiga. <laughs> so, weirdly, this was released as Strip Poker 3 in 1991, but they repackaged it because I guess they wanted to make it sound cooler. So they called it Deluxe Strip Poker. <laughs> deluxe Strip Poker 2, it I guess. didn't look very deluxe. It did not at all. No. It's, I don't want to be harsh, but this game looked fucking grim. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like what you might find in like a grotty, dog-eared magazine you'd find discarded in the woods yes. as a kid. You're like, what the fuck is this? Because it wouldn't be something you want to keep in your personal collection if you're an <laughs> avid porn collector. It's something you just throw away. After wanking in a bush or something, I don't know. Like, I don't, this it brings us back to the Mills and Boone thing again because it had that kind of like pink sheen to it, and like it yeah. looked like you know it was kind of I know the graphics weren't great, but it was kind of blurry and a bit ooh, and I was like, is this like is this titillating? Like, did this turn anyone on? Because. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what softcore porn was like in the early 90s, I but I have to hope it was better than this. It was a bit before my time, I'll say, but <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah. The first critic out is Jane Goldman of Zero Magazine. Is this the Jane Goldman? The Jane Goldman, yeah. Yeah. The, who wrote X-Men First Class, uh, the movie adaptation of Stardust. Dust. Yeah. Um... I, I knew her mostly as the writer of The X-Files Books of the Unexplained. Oh, I yeah. I love those books. I collected those. Married to Jonathan Ross, obviously. Yeah. No, I, I knew her mostly as a screenwriter, so I was like, I, I wrote, I was like, is that DJ Goldman? Anything to distract me from the weird yeah. 90s clad woman in the poker game. <laughs> yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised to see this because, like, oh, Jane Goldman, I know yeah. her. I yeah. enjoy her work. I didn't know she did reviews of adult games. Me neither, <laughs> but I was glad to see her there. And but She said what we were all thinking. Yes, yes, she did. <laughs> she didn't see the appeal of playing this game when you could buy a magazine with far more attractive people inside it. <laughs> Yes. Tell her how it is, Jane. Just, she did say it's a fun card game, though. So, <laughs> but yeah, why would you want to play a... Like, you could just buy a deck of cards. You don't need to look at this kind well, of stuff. It's, it's, exactly. Like, I'm, I am sure, I am sure there would be, like, you know, places you could ring that would put on a game of strip poker for you if that's what you really wanted. <laughs> Like, oh, definitely. Do that. Don't waste your money on pixels. Yeah, the kind of the kind of people, men, that would yeah. buy this game have the kind of disposable income to do that because they don't have families <laughs> to worry about. I'd say that not to like paint with a broad brush, but you know. Oh no, but like it's hundred percent who that game is tailored for. The second reviewer was Stephen Carsey. This is the evil hypnotist that was in episode seven. <laughs> he looks like um, Count Rugen from The Princess Bride. He's it's he's got such a, a, a look about him. He really like, does. It's like I, I was just like the first time I saw him, I thought, whoop, whoop. He just looks like he's got a pocket watch on him at all times. He, he points out that you can buy data discs with naked men on them for the unfortunate girlfriends and wives who don't want to feel left out. I mean, it's bold of him to assume there are girlfriends and wives involved in yeah, this game. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> I don't want to be narrow-minded again, but I don't think we... I can't imagine a world where the men that buy this game have girlfriends or wives. Yeah. But he was being considerate, and that's very nice of him. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> it's nice that he mentioned it. Next up is Dan Kelly, who appears just to be another regular dude. But he, he gave off vibes for me that he might have been in a Guy Ritchie film at some point. <laughs> yeah. Or I possibly can, yeah. press gang. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definite press gang vibes. He says once the novelty of stripping has faded, it's still a good game. Novelty? It just feels like this game's getting credit for just being poker. Yeah. That game existed before video games. I don't think you can give it credit for that. Yeah. Just, just, they're giving it too much credit. For just accurately copying poker. <laughs> I'm putting some tits behind it. <laughs> yeah, so just ignore the gross <laughs> grossness of that middle-aged woman stripping off. And just enjoy the poker. You know, you could buy a deck of cards for cheap, eh? But please... Oh, just also nothing disgusting about a middle-aged woman stripping off. Just the actual like, just these ones. Yes, the 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 vibe that they were going for. Yeah, it's just <laughs> just, a... just very grim, like readers' wives sort of thing. Like they were getting coerced into doing it. Or something. Oh just, yeah, there's a very uneasy energy about all of it. I just didn't feel like anyone was having a good time, <laughs> especially not me. 
No, I was not. So that's 60% for Deluxe Strip Poker 2. Next up is Geisha on the Amiga. (sighs) Uh, Fuck. So (laughs) this is what the back of the box for Geisha says. This is word for word. Oh, no. It feels very obviously translated from French (laughs) into English or by somebody who doesn't speak either language particularly well. God. This is what it says. <clears throat> Embraced. A heady, sensual, and magic adventure. In the phantasmic depth of the unwounded and disconcer- <laughs> disconcerning Tokyo City, torn between modernism and tradition, try to protect the fascinating Eva from the lustful dragon's evil t- clutches. <laughs> like, I checked the box out and it does say unwounted. Like, <laughs> unwounded. The blow. Like, I, I, did, I googled it and it only seemed to pop up in like weird quotations of like old text but it's not in the dictionary or anything i feel like someone just misspelled yeah unwanted unwounded so it continues (laughs) with the precious hypermed a communicating tool essential to your initiation full stop (laughs) whatever (laughs) and then there's just a list of things you can do taste the unique and crazy experience of hollow sensations Fight against the erotic robots with, which strip wittingly with eyes. <laughs> That's right, I'll say that again. Fight against the erotic robots which strip wittingly with eyes. Wittingly? <laughs> wittingly. Not unwittingly? Just wittingly. They want Come across to strip. the city of pleasure Ooh. while driving your victorious vehicle. <laughs> this sounds so hideous. <laughs> And then experience freely delicious erotic episodes, which will fe- which will leave you a forbidden taste forever. <laughs> delicious erotic episodes, which will leave you forbid with will leave you a forbidden taste forever. Yeah, I just with like garlic it's so hard it? to read. <laughs> it's just I feel like my brain's broken. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't type it out. I just copy pasted it, and then I double checked the actual foot, like <laughs> screenshot of the back thing. Said, "Yeah, this is word for word." Fucking hell! Jesus Christ! And apparently, the game manual features a short story, which is composed entirely of the in-game text. So the <laughs> manual tells you the entire story before you play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, I guess it's a bit like you know, reading Playboy for the articles. <laughs> Not playing yeah, Geisha you know for the story. I don't want to look at these naked erotic robots. Erotic robots. <laughs> well, I don't want to see what this Victorian vehicle looks like. <laughs> so. Maybe it'll make you strip wittingly. <laughs> With eyes. <laughs> That's the part that threw me the most. Like, what? With eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. This game. So Dan Kelly says it's teasingly titled but tame. <laughs> Jane Goldman says you're going to be left wanting if you bought it for either an adventure game or for some titillation. <laughs> and then Stephen says it's fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would, Stephen. No offense, but, <laughs> but it's too long and drawn out to be commercially viable. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you can that's... say that again. Yeah. But like looking at the actual video of the gameplay, I didn't get it. Yeah. And that description it, has done nothing to help. <laughs> I looked at that and thought, this doesn't look like an adventure game. It just looked like a lot of stuff happening on yeah. screen. <laughs> I didn't see any gameplay, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a... Geisha. What a world. Yeah. Just what a... A phantasmic depth of unwanted and disconcerting <laughs> world. Can the, the title for this episode be Unwanted Adult Reviews? Do <laughs> <laughs> that up with eyes. <laughs> with eyes. <laughs> it's going to be something from this fucking thing. Unwanted stripping with eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked out what the, the outro is going to be. <laughs> so, Geisha got a shockingly low 41% here. And that makes Geisha officially the lowest scoring game of Series 1. Wow. That's the lowest they've ever gone. Wow. The, the highest score was John Madden Football 92 in our last mm. episode, which got 95%. But 41 still seems quite high. Yeah, high for this. For <laughs> this, yeah. <laughs> the fucking back cover should have got this like game knocked back <laughs> to like, mid-20s at the very least. You could say this game is unwanted. <laughs> 
I didn't want it anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> I won't to move on. Okay. Next up in our final game for for the episode. <laughs> or possibly ever. Like it, it had to be though. It had to be one of these games for an adult games theme. It's Leisure Suit Larry Five. Could it be anything else? He's iconic in his own way. He's not particularly good in most cases. Anyway, Jane Goldman says, It's really good fun, delivering good adult humour and a bit of fruitiness. Stephen says, The graphics are excellent and it's a fun and challenging game. Legend Suit Larry 5 got an 89%. So I misread that as 69 at first as well. That feels like it would have been appropriate. Yeah, I was disappointed that they didn't save a 69 for one of these games. Yeah, they they could have very... (laughs) I can't believe I would have been upset if they... (laughs) What have become? They could have given it to the Frip Poker. Yeah. (laughs) The closest we get, I guess. Oh, God. I feel like that review section's broken me a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> there wasn't a lot to say about the game so I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to look up this this Geisha game sounds weird <laughs> I'm going to look into that and then I, I was I'm, not left disappointed. I'm so glad you did <laughs> Ooh, I think It's opened up a whole new erotic world for all of us <laughs> Wittingly Wittingly <laughs> <laughs> With eyes <laughs> I'm going to sneak a moment <laughs> yeah. in the future. Same I was Ooh. just about to say that So that takes us to our feature of the week, and it's a hardware preview. Don't take it the wrong way after that previous section. Fantastic. I don't mean hardware that way. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, like they have promised this would be a recurring thing weeks ago when they start, they did the Neo Geo preview, and they haven't done one since. I did think of you when it popped up, and I was, I was happy for you. <laughs> finally. It, it did sincerely feel like they blew their budget on a Neo Geo, and they were like, shit, we can't afford another system <laughs> yeah. yet. It's like, okay, the SNES is coming out. Let's do that. <laughs> We've got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> Have a whip round for the Super Nintendo. So I know 2 technically is recurring, but, you know, that's not what I was expecting when they said no, it. No, no, recurring suggests, like, numerous rather than, yeah. you know, a pair. Also, can I just point out the tonal whiplash of going from Leisure Larry and all of... Leisure Suit Larry, even, and all of, the, like, the weird sex games to... Super Mario. <laughs> I honestly felt like I'd just been like slapped by Technicolor or something. It was mad. It's the purest distillation of Games Master, especially yes. the early episodes. Just what it felt like to watch this show when it's working <laughs> itself out. It's like, whoa, there's a lot of horny stuff going on here, a lot of weird <laughs> innuendo. Like, oh, here's something wholesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and bright and colourful and lovely. And I was like, yes, oh. Yeah. So how am I supposed to feel about all this? <laughs> yeah. Confused. Very confused. <laughs> as I said, the system in question is the Super Nintendo, one of the greatest consoles of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Game Zone's Paul Lakin is back to talk about it. Looming in the camera. <laughs> yeah. They, they've, for some reason, when they do these preview sections, they, they have the camera in a weird setup <laughs> in a dark room. <laughs> yeah. It's always I, I, kind of sinister. He, he really looks like he's about to like either sell you something or murder you. Yeah, I kind of got... Have you ever played XCOM? No, I haven't. This, when you get like an update from the, your mysterious benefactor, he'd be talking to you in a darkened room and you won't be able to see his face. It's all <laughs> dark shadows. It just gave me that thing. It's like, is he going gonna, to like, tell me I've been doing good work fighting the alien scourge, <laughs> but my budget is being slashed? I was like, oh... Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's not hard enough, is it? So he, he calls it... This was weird and instantly for me because he calls it the Super NES. Or the Super yes. NES. I can't remember what he calls it, but he calls it the Super and then NES. Just call it the SNES or call it the Super Nintendo. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do halfway. Yeah, don't cross the streams. It's just weird. It's very confusing because no one ever calls them that. That's not Super <laughs> NES. Just, sorry, Paul, but like, I gave you a hard time like a while ago, but you... I mean, you're just doing your job, but... <laughs> Anyway, he says it's got 32,000 colours and 3D, ga- uh, 3D graphics. That's kind of fitting. <laughs> 3D I'm graphics. About to co- I'm about to comment on him flubbing a line and I fucking do it. <laughs> that, my friend, is irony. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to keep this in now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Too perfect. Don't, don't consider me a hypocrite here, please. We're all human. I'm not having a go at him. I'm having a go at the process. There we go. Yeah. 
and sparing myself there. So yeah. anyway, he says it as 3D graphics and then he immediately corrects himself to 3D appearing graphics. <laughs> like this, this was obviously way before Star Fox landed and changed how like the SNES could produce like graphics. But they could have done a second take there where he said it properly, but yeah. they made him redo his line without cutting anything. He clearly fucked it up, but they just let it fly. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. I, I just wonder, like, were they running out of budget at this point? Like, they couldn't afford to waste any film or something. They were just like, nope, it's fine. No one will notice 30 it's, years it's, later. It is entirely possible, because then they do that weird thing where they fast forward, like, him talking. Yeah. Instead of just cutting. Because they, they, don't, they don't seem to want to have any cuts in this section. Yeah. It's a weird choice, but like, I don't think it helps the guys talking. Because no. a lot of them aren't comfortable talking on camera. <laughs> and they're making obvious mistakes. And they'd look so much better if you just did a little bit of creative editing. Like yeah. I usually do and can't do in this section now. Because I made too much <laughs> of a good mistake. You did. <sighs> he said it's possibly the best machine on the market the quality of the games are outstanding and it really lives up to the hype yes it definitely does it as i said earlier one of the best consoles i've ever played one of my absolute favorites i think uh, bash would definitely agree with me yes yeah, you would so it lists the snes uh, with a retail price of 149 pounds 99 which i checked when adjusted for inflation would set you back Three hundred and ninety-seven pounds fourteen pence today, Oof. and like that, I feel like that kind of. I feel like that's okay because that's tracks, roughly yeah. what you'd pay for a top-of-the-line system today, and that was a top-of-the-line system yeah. back in the day. It's just the games bit that really got me, because it says they priced from thirty-four pounds ninety-nine pence, and that comes to ninety-two pounds sixty-five pence. Holy crap! People are complaining about how much PlayStation Five games cost today. Yeah, I feel like that's. This is where we're heading for the PlayStation 6, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to have to get a second job when that system comes out. <laughs> that, that's the hardware feature done. They've finally redeemed themselves after a couple of weeks of really just <laughs> fucking me over. But I'm glad to see it was resolved nicely and I didn't have to get angry. It was, this was my kickoff uh, golden goal competition, I feel. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God for that. You've done something it with this. It came back. Yeah. Right at the last minute, this was like squeaking past the finish line. <laughs> I'm happy for you. We've both had a bit of closure on this show, which I like. I'm very happy for this. Yeah. We're, we're going on arcs with this yeah. weird show we're doing. <laughs> Considering everything else that we're experiencing with this show, it's nice to have something slightly more wholesome to, to celebrate. In, yeah, you know. it feels like some. It feels like it's all buildings and stuff rather than just us meandering and talking nonsense for like an hour, which is what it mostly is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just get like a ten-minute or five-minute slice where we're like, yes, "Yes, finally, this all makes sense." I'm wasting my time. <laughs> the world makes sense again. <laughs> and that brings us to the celebrity challenge, as it always does, and unsurprisingly it is another sports game with a sports celebrity this time it is emlyn hughes international soccer this was released in 1990 on the amiga and other home computers the amiga version held a review average of 72.9 percent the lowest score was a 33 percent from amiga power magazine and the highest score (laughs) was 85 percent from germany's amiga joker germany second week in a row where germany have fucked me over <laughs> i had this whole thing where i said germans are really hard to impress but now they just know? i think they just like bad games <laughs> i'm pretty germany, this is my new thing I, I like that germany are becoming a running theme in terms of their weird game opinions yeah it's it's throwing me for a loop i feel like i'm just gonna have to stop looking them up because they keep defying my expectations every turn <sighs> that's the germans for you <laughs> we won't get into that though <laughs> <laughs> Because this isn't a history podcast. No, it's not. Or a porn podcast. No! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Please move on. We're moving on from adult (laughs) stuff. The challenge, it's a a, a game of England versus Brazil with two 90-second halves. Uh, It's a young lad called Sonny, and he is playing the man himself, Emlyn Hughes. So Emlyn Hughes is a local boy, done good story for me. He was born in Barrow and Furness, where I was born and raised. I was wondering where the Barrow connection was coming in. And he did what any sensible man does once he leaves Barrow. He never went back. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> but Barrow have clung on to this little sliver to a claim of fame for decades. <laughs> There's a statue of him across the road from the train station and across the road from the one nice pub we've got in town. <laughs> They're just forcing people to acknowledge that this random chance thing led to a man being born here who became famous. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got, got. To, yeah, you've got to cling to the positives, haven't you? It's also, um, I don't know, Fat Bloke from the Harry Enfield show has come from Barrow. I stood behind him in uh, a Marks and Spencer once. Oh. I, was re- I was starstruck. I would have been more starstruck by him than I would have been Emily Hughes, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, back on that statue, I've seen so many people walking into that statue when I've been in the pub drinking. Like It was mostly children and drunk people, but like it, <laughs> it was a fucking hazard and an eyesore. <laughs> Is it like just randomly placed, like easily walkable into then? There's so much space to walk around it, but, people <laughs> still, but it doesn't look like a statue, really. Ah. Uh... Like, really- it's not like there's not it's not on like a plinth or whatever the fuck you call it when Yeah. We have one of those in my hometown in Goggleton, which which is also a place that I never wish to return to. That we had a suffragette, famous suffragette who came from Congleton and they put a statue of her in town, but she's not on a plinth or anything, and she's also tiny, like they made it real size, but she was a tiny woman. So the amount of times <laughs> you're walking past and you're just like Bleh! and she's this <laughs> tiny woman all of a sudden. <laughs> Fucking hell. Statue people, plinths. Plinths are good. Yeah, raise them up so we don't have to like there's so many times I've like I've nearly walked into Emmeline Hughes' foot before. <laughs> it's like, come on man, what are you doing? I'm just trying to walk home with my kebab. Hell. I'm too drunk for this, Evelyn. Come on. Don't start with me, mate. Don't care if you're made out of bronze or whatever, I'll fucking start. I will I'll have you. This. I'll fucking have you. <laughs> Anyway, the real man, not made of bronze or anything, <laughs> and well away from Barrow and Furnace, Emlyn comes out with his arm around Sonny, and he's just a really friendly fellow. He just is giving yeah. off really like nice vibes about himself. Yeah. And Dominic flatters Emlyn by saying he must be the pre-match favourite because his name is on the box. Emlyn says he hopes he's, the referee abandons the match because he, that's the only chance he has with all this fog about. <laughs> <laughs> he's like wafting his arm out. <laughs> There's a fuckload of dry ice in that church. Yeah, they really <laughs> went for it on the smoke machine this time. I noticed that at the beginning when Dominic's at his organ there was just yeah, like a crazy. cloud <laughs> around like, him it, it, like it immediately cuts to a shot of Dominic smiling and there's a light behind him but it's, <laughs> it's lit up all this fog it's just like a glowing explosion went off behind him <laughs> so Dom asks Sonny how he thinks he's going to handle himself against Crazy Horse and like, first off that's a fucking nickname yeah Sonny says he plays the game a lot of computer games at home so he thinks he can do it so confident but not cocky I'll say yeah, I liked Sonny. Sonny had a... Uh, he was quite, you know, jovial. Good-natured, but assured about himself. Yeah. That's the limit to my confidence that I like. I don't like the ones that are big-headed. <laughs> I like the ones that are terribly nervous about everything. And I like the ones that are just kind of humble, straight yeah. down the line. Yeah. So in the commentary pulpit, Dave Perry is there. His advice is to master the tackling and not be shy about taking on the goalie. Fair enough. Yeah. I always like to do that in football games. The early ones where they'd let you actually knock the shit out of the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Emlyn kicks off. He's playing England, obviously. And Sonny is playing Brazil. I've been hard on a lot of recent challenges on this show, especially the celebrity ones, because there's been a lot of bad guests with bad games. Or yeah. good guests and terrible games. This one, this challenge I loved. <laughs> it, the game is objectively terrible, but yeah. everybody involved in this whole thing was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> It was really fun. Like to say it was another sports challenge, which as soon as that happened, I was dreading it. I had a blast with this challenge. It was brilliant. Dominic is just going mental on commentary. He <laughs> loves it when he gets to do football style commentary. He was having a great time. Sonny powers ahead, but England, the England defence stop him and they make a run for it. Brazil gets it back and then England make a hard tackle. They cut to Emlyn. He just seems like he's having a blast. Oh yeah, he, he's just... he has no idea what he's doing, but he's having a great he's, time. He's laughing his ass <laughs> off the entire time. <laughs> Sonny pushes ahead and he dodges left and right before just walking the ball into the net 1-0 to Sonny it's like there's 58 seconds left in this half the ball is in play again Sonny immediately powers it back through the England defence and scores again like Emlyn calls him a cheater <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a cheater <laughs> He doesn't seem to understand how he's losing control of the game Sonny he once again walks the ball into the net yep yeah, pretty much unopposed <laughs> So either this game doesn't have a kick button or the kick physics suck because yeah. I don't I feel like Sonny every time he just walked the goal the ball past the goalie just walked it across the line. 
<laughs> it was, I was just like, every time it happened, it, it got funnier and funnier because I was like, yeah. they're not even trying to score. Yeah. <laughs> It's not even kicking. It's like, why, why bother? This is working. Like, you just can't stop me. <laughs> no. And like, every time he did, like, the goalie gets the ball and then he obviously doesn't know how to, like, hold on to it. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> tr- like just flailing around trying to get the ball. <laughs> uh, and laughing at himself flailing. It's it's so fun. By, by the point it's 3 0, Emlyn just seems like he's made a defeat and it's yeah. like, there's, still, there's still like 30 pissing seconds left of the half. <laughs> Before Dave Perry can suggest like tips how Emlyn can bring this back, so he's scoring, oh, he's tearing yeah. ass across the pitch, and then <laughs> things get really clumsy. Emlyn challenges, he gets the ball away from Sonny, the ball somehow gets back into the England box. Now, there are like I lost count of how many clumsy <laughs> attempts there were to score here. Yeah, <laughs> score here that failed miserably. The score attempts are an absolute mess. The defence is just fucking haphazard. Like, it's just getting ludicrous. <laughs> and like honestly, had the Benny Hill theme tune music been behind this challenge, it like <laughs> it would have been perfect. It's like Dave Perry in commentary is losing his mind. He is laughing hysterically. <laughs> it's it's half time at this point, somehow. Yeah, it's only it's been like, it's ninety like, seconds. It felt like forever as well. It's like, yeah. So like Dominic, he takes us to the ad break. He's probably trying to work out how he can make this game seem competitive for another 90 <laughs> seconds after what he just saw and try to regain his sanity a little bit. <laughs> we return after the break and we jump right back into the action. Dominic and Dave are just having the best time on commentary <laughs> still. Every now and then you can just hear Emlyn laughing his ass off in the yeah. background. <laughs> Sonny takes the ball to the England goal and Emlyn took the ball off him and nearly ran it into his own goal. <laughs> He did. He nearly did an on goal. Like he, he yeah. just, I think, like Dave pointed out, he probably forgotten that they'd switch sides. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then like there was a rough challenge from England that gave Brazil a penalty, and that's that's just what these plucky underdogs need. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it probably reflected like quite accurately a Brazil England score at this point in time. <laughs> oh. So- so funny. In- England save save that attempt, but then we get another classic goal mouth clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> the goalie is just trying to save the ball, but the ball's just slowly rolling around the pitch, <laughs> right in front of the goal, and the goalie just keeps jumping left and right. <laughs> they, they haven't worked out how to pick up the ball. Nope. I'm not entirely convinced there is a button that allows you to do that. <laughs> it, just seems, it just seems that's all you can do as a goalie, just flail around. And that just gives Sonny the chance to, to snatch the ball up, run it across the line again. Far now. <laughs> like Dominic says, it's not a game of two halves because this one's going the same as the first. Yeah. <laughs> and was it Dave Perry says I've not even seen that like I'm not even sure there is a goal at the other end anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. There was a bit of a back and forth going on between controlling the ball. They both pointed out that there's been no passing in this entire yeah. game. It's just purely people running the ball towards the other goal. Like, as Dave put it, it's been a purely dribbly game, which is a perfect way to describe yeah. what I am watching. <laughs> At this point, I'm definitely convinced that no buttons in this game work. There's no shoot yeah. button, there's no pass button. There's just left and right. <laughs> Everyone's just running around trying to get their, just run their Yeah, their just run onto the, the ball. Like, yeah, it, it works. Yeah. Because <laughs> we get another absolute mess in the goal mouth. The goalie's just diving everywhere, not touching the ball. Sonny takes the ball, just walks it across the line again, 5 <laughs> 0. At this point, I feel like I'm going to stop counting at this point. But yeah. It's fine. Like, there's 22 seconds to go. We get a weird shot of Sonny, like, waggling his tongue yeah. with concentration. Don't know why he needs this much concentration. He's very much got this in the bag. Yeah. Emlyn Hughes. Like he could be blindfolded and he's going to beat Emlyn Hughes. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And I don't think Emlyn Hughes cares. He's just enjoying himself. Yeah, he's, he's having just a having great fun. Time. Yeah. So there's just a lot of back and forth. Not a lot's happening. And then the game just counts down to full time. Like there was a bit of a anticlimactic ending considering how insane it yeah. was up to that point. But I felt like I needed that. I yeah. needed a break from the constant just goal scoring and insanity. I really loved it as soon as the whistle went, all the players just like bombed it off the pitch. <laughs> like, we're yeah, done. That's, I would have as well. Sonny <laughs> pasted the second most noteworthy man to come from Barrow and Furnace. <laughs> Despite being like absurdly one-sided, that and the game being shit, that was yes, just ridiculously entertaining. Yeah, everyone's energy was absolutely perfect. I just had a great time. And it does show that the theory that the producers had early in the show that a bad game can make a good challenge if you do it right. This is how you do it right. 
you yep. have to make sure it's just the right level of bad and that everybody is having a good time. I, I think that's the, the big thing that, like, you know, when it's what the Pat Cash one got wrong was that she was bad at the game, but there was no kind of joy in that. She didn't, like, embrace it. Oh, whereas Emily Hughes was clearly terrible, had no idea what he was doing and was just like, ah, never mind. <laughs> Oh, he's cheating. Ah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like just like sledging rocking. the poor kid. He was just like rocking back and forth and rolling around in his chair, just like just absolutely going for it. Just yeah. Having, he was just really enjoying himself. And that's what, yeah, like you say, Emily Cash, you could have put like a pumpkin with a face carved into it <laughs> and it would have given you the same amount of enthusiasm. Yeah. That, that's what you need. You need people that are enjoying themselves so you can enjoy yourself because that's what that's what the show should be about. Just everybody enjoying video games, no matter yeah. how good or bad they are. And you, you and I know, like, especially we've played so many games together now that, you know, even if you're not good at a game or if the game's bad, like there are so many ways to have fun playing a game, like, especially when you're playing with other people. Like, I thought it was a really nice kind of always tribute to like the chaos that playing video games with friends can bring. Yeah. That I'd like that looks like a game that the pair of us could have played badly and still had a whale of a time playing it. Yeah, just the faulty mechanics of the game, like the, yeah. <laughs> the saving and all that stuff. Like that stuff, you can you can make your own fun with that. Like yeah. we've played so many janky games. Yes, There's, I can't remember the name of that one where it's like you play the kids searching uh, around neighborhoods. The Blackout Club. Yeah, yeah, that's the one it. where and I instantly walked off a cliff. <laughs> it's exactly the example I was thinking of. Like just the the jank and just the yeah. the nonsense you can create. You just you have your own fun and this yeah. Is, like you said, this challenge made me think of that, and that's—I think—that's why it kind of warmed me up so much. I was just like, yeah. oh, this, this is what we want. I want to see more of." Yes, definitely. It feels more true to video games and the nonsense that they can bring to your life. Perfectly said. Thank you. We now go to the consultation zone, or lies. I call it the House of Lies. House of Lies. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> Once again, like though they act like this show isn't getting a second series. Games Masters kind of says these might be the last people that get to enjoy his gameplay advice. Mm. It's all very defeatist. Like even if they didn't know they were getting a second series, I feel like they didn't have. To. It's not like it's a narrative series where like we need a bit of closure. We don't need to say farewell. You could just have the episode exist. Yeah. <laughs> and then if it's that's it, that's it. Like, it's fine. We don't need to be told this might be it. It feels like yeah. they're trying to guilt trip Channel 4 into giving them another series. Or, like, get the audience to write in and say, you need to give us another series. Which is very weird because the show is such a massive hit. Channel 4, yeah. like, yeah, we're going to throw money at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give us so much more. But I guess they didn't realise that at the time. Yeah. So they, they, made, they brought Sir Patrick Moore out to guilt trip some people. <laughs> anyway, first up is a, a rather dead-eyed looking child who needs help with Zelda. Again, we've had Zelda a few times, Surprise, we? surprise, it's fucking Zelda again. Yeah. This is the fourth time we've had Zelda on this show, and only one of those times was a different Zelda. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, like, they were almost all the last five episodes. Like, there was one episode off, I think. That was it. I feel like I've had a lot of Zelda in my episodes. It just feels like somebody in the uh, production team mm. had exclusively been playing Zelda that year. So that, oh, <laughs> this is all I've got, mate. <laughs> they need some uh, pointers for Zelda, because that's all I've fucking been playing. <laughs> Once I stop playing Mega Man 2, because that showed up a lot as well. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, they, they, they need help escaping the mysterious woods. And this feels a lot like the issue with the Mega Gears. Eh? Metal, Mega Gear? Mega Gear. Mega Gear. Mega Man. I was getting Mega Man in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Met, Metal Gear game in the last episode. Yeah. But this time the solution is a bit more contrived. It was up, left, down, and I didn't write the next bit because I just <laughs> lost interest. Because it's fucking, there's another fucking Zelda game. How yeah. am I supposed to care? Too many Zelda games. The next up was a young man dressed like he's about to present the next iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking for help with Shadow Dancer, which was the final challenge of the last epi previous episode. Yeah. So, another... yeah, again, they're just doing games that they happen to own. It's, yeah. it's very obvious now that they just had like five games. Yeah. And they were just going to do all of them. But the thing is, I noticed, I realised, like, when I was looking back, I just wanted to double-check a bunch of stuff, so I quickly skimmed through a bunch of episodes before recording this. This kid has been in another episode. It's another one of these. Oh, no. He was in episode five. He's the Spider-Man forklift kid. <gasps> oh, no! Yeah. 
Oh, I feel like I need to apologise to him for being mean, though. <laughs> you apologised last week. He is yeah. a fraud. He's he's shown up again. <laughs> he didn't even have the dignity of like just showing up in some fake glasses and a moustache. He's not even trying to hide the fact that he's wearing the exact same bloody outfit as well. Do <laughs> you mean to say he maybe recorded it on the same day? But like the other kid that showed up twice, he dressed differently. Like maybe he had like a spare shirt because he was sweating a lot. I don't know, but I feel like this. Maybe that kid just really likes his turtlenecks. I don't know. Yeah, it was very oversized. Like it was way too yeah. big for him. It does look like he just got hand. He was wearing like a branded t-shirt, and they're like, "Just put this on." Yeah, it belongs to that weird <laughs> man that <laughs> was yeah, on the last episode. The one from last episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird. Uh, Games Master, well, Games Master suggests the lad needs to get good, basically. Yeah. But in fairness, it's a very easy solution because you just stand in place and wait for the enemies to jump out. Then you kill them. Yeah. Go back to your waiting point. And like, I feel like anyone that has played that game even like for an hour should have been able to work something else, something like that out. It's like, okay, I'll wait here. The enemies jump out here. I will attack them. It's not like they're pretending that Games Master's only played the game once. Yeah. <laughs> so salty. <laughs> it just feels like they made up a problem that doesn't really exist. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a section that needed help with. I'm just so jaded by this section. <laughs> and it used to be one of my favourites of the show. <laughs> They're always the bitterest pills. So this lad's uh, response to the advice, it's, it's roughly on the level of what the advice deserved. It was a half-hearted cheers, thanks, basically. <laughs> okay, thanks, mate. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. <laughs> the final person looking for help is a woman who looks like she's definitely just somebody who works on the production team yeah. had to step in at the last minute. <laughs> 100%. I was like, wow, here we go again. <laughs> she needed help with a game called Rad Gravity or The Adventures of Rad Gravity. I'd never heard of this fucking game, but it oh, kind of looked fun to me. <laughs> I'm glad you hadn't heard of it. I'm usually, I'm used to like not having heard of things, but you have. But yeah. this is a rare, rare occasion for me where we're both oblivious. I, I looked into it a little bit and like, just from the footage we saw, it looked like a fun little platform game, but with some interesting little mechanics added, like the use of power-ups and special gadgets and stuff. It looked kind of cool. Mm. The solution to this problem seemed very similar to one that was in Super Mario Brothers, where you have to jump through a hole in the ceiling and like run across, but they utilised the floating disc power-up that was in the game to so you could access the hole. So that made the challenge look kind of interesting, but again, I feel like anyone who's playing that game mm. should know what these objects do and would have probably just connected the dots anywhere i spotted the hole in the ceiling like instantly and was like i bet that's where it is at first i was like how is he supposed to get to that is there an invisible block no there's an item that literally serves as a block you can yeah. place anywhere lifts like, you up <laughs> yeah you should be able to work that out yourselves obviously this isn't again not a real problem this is just <laughs> a game somebody happened to play and remembered something so yeah okay I've got this. <laughs> I, I, so jaded I am. Hopefully I by the time we get to series two, I'll have kind of calmed down about this. But <laughs> I'm investing too much of my mental energy into something when it's all bullshit. Like I'm overthinking all of these things. Like it's, I need to... You overthinking? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's someone like me. Get trapped in a spiral. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's leave the yep. consultation zone. Yep. So Games Master signs off from this section once again as though... The whole thing's done. <laughs> they're never coming back. The tone is so weird in this episode. Just a sadness, like they're not going to get to do this again. And I just want to scream, yes, you will. <laughs> there is so much more to come. <laughs> it's going to get better, and then it's going to get terrible, and then it's going to get better again. <laughs> and then it's going to kind of get terrible again. You're going to be fine. You're going to go on a journey. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> but they don't know that. They can't hear me because I'm just shouting at my laptop. 30 years later. Yeah. <laughs> They know by now, thankfully. <laughs> I hope they know by now. Well, I hope so, yeah. Dominic is fairly no-nonsense here. He he turns for the final challenge. Just He just throws to Games Master straight away. Games Master has like a melancholic tone because he says this might be one of their, their last of their challenges. Mm. Again, they're just such a defeatist attitude. Come on, yeah. like, just you need to act like you're going to get a second series. Like, <laughs> dress for the job you want and all that shit. <laughs> The final game of series one, or possibly ever, for all they know, is Decap Attack. The game stars what Games Master describes as a headless personage yep. by the name of Chuck D. Head. Yeah. I did a sensible chuckle when I... <laughs> but... <laughs> it, it is, all of it was a very sensible chuckle. <laughs> yes. I was like, that's good. Like that. 
So they basically need to complete the first two levels of the game in less than two minutes. Uh, it's a time challenge with some teeth to it, finally. Like, I feel like, okay, yeah, finally, actually two levels. Like, okay, yes. I can get on board with this. This doesn't seem quite so fraudulent that I'm still paranoid about how often they've let this kid try this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, at least they didn't lie and pretend that he hadn't played the game before. Yes, exactly. Before Games Master signs off, he says, whatever you do, don't lose your head, which is both amusing and also very useful advice. If you lose your head in the game, you're losing your primary source of attack. So yeah, clever, clever Games Master. Good punning. The Cap Attack was released in 1991, the Sega Mega Drive. It's been ported to Steam since then. It's available now on Steam in case anybody wants to try it. Oh, I might, actually. Uh, it comes from the developers who were responsible for the game Clash at Demon Head, oh. which inspired the band name from Scott Pilgrim and obviously inspired One Up Pod's very own Bash to choose her own excellent Twitch handle. Bash at Demon Head. Follow her, please. Yeah, she's great. Based on reviews published around the time of release, uh, compiled from Moby Games and Wikipedia, Takap Attack got a review average of 71.5%. Which is pretty good. Decent. The challenger for this episode is John from Hastings. I forgot to write down his surname, but <laughs> just from Hastings. We'll just pretend he's called John Gammon. <laughs> Anyone who isn't given a surname is, is Gammon. Gammon. It's like when you find a dead body in a river. There's John Doe. Oh. John Gammon. <laughs> I knew you could say they were Gammon. It's like Andy. Yeah. <laughs> They're all Gammons. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, John Gammon. Not his real name. <laughs> it says he's had the game for about a week, so he's he prepared. Dominic says he's heard he's a bit of an expert. And I thought, no, he's not. He's had the game for a week. <laughs> yeah, like, Dominic. You can't, you can't become an expert at a game in a week. I don't care how easy the game is. Just, no. <laughs> I bet he already had that, like, written. And was like, no, I'm sticking to the line. Yeah, he was hoping John wouldn't have said this quite so <laughs> soon. He was supposed to queue him up. Said, for fuck's sake, John. <laughs> Dominic says to John, get your joystick in your hand. Uh, just slipping in one last wanking joke before they're done. You know. <laughs> slipping in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but again, if he sincerely thought the show was done here, I feel like that might be the most sentimental wank joke I've ever heard. <laughs> you could hear Vera Lynn singing it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wank again. <laughs> <laughs> In the commentary pulpit, Neil West of Sega Power is back in his red hat. Yep. I was like, oh, he's found it again. (laughs) The world makes sense. (laughs) Someone nicked it last week as like a trick. Yeah. Maybe Danny Curley stole it. (laughs) Rambunctious youth. (laughs) So as as Dominic got into the commentary pulpit, I will quote him directly here. He says, helping keep him moist and fluffy, or possibly frothy. He's got that thing with his accent where I'm hearing fluffy and frothy at the same time. (laughs) And I don't know which I would prefer. No, I, I don't. I, I thought frothy this time because It made moist. more sense in context. Yeah. yeah. But also fluffy is possibly like a fluffer like a porn joke. So I don't because know. Either way, it there just felt multitudes. like one of those. But again, it feels like one of those for all time's sake jokes. The mentality they had that the show was done. Like yeah. Dominic wanted to get one last dirty joke in, try to crack Neil up. I mean, he practically like winked at the camera as he said it. Yeah, he said, come on, you fucker, laugh. <laughs> Neil's advice is that he needs to make sure that he finds the head if he's going to stand a chance of completing the challenge. And then like one whole second into the challenge, yeah. John finds the head. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he's got it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Just the way Neil talked, I assumed it was like something that would take a bit of work to find. Same, yeah, like it was going to be like midway through the level or something. Yeah, and you, it, it's possible to miss it. It's literally the second block he broke. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the game is just handing it to you. <laughs> I don't think Neil West has played the Capitex, so he's just <laughs> guessing. Yeah. Dominic decides to spell out the pun of Chuck's name here, yep. just in case any kids at home missed it. But I was like, <laughs> John... Uh, John, Dominic, I <laughs> I got the joke. It's fine. I did a sensible chuckle. Yeah. It's good. It was a good joke. So like, John is making good progress. He's bouncing. He hits a bouncing pole at some point. And Dominic was really taken with this. He like, was. Very surprised. Like, ooh, it's a pole. <laughs> like, ooh, ooh, he's like, springing himself up. <laughs> it's like he didn't expect to see a waggling pole. He's like, oh, I've got so many jokes I could make, but it's too many at once. I can't think. <laughs> Neil points out he's wisely avoiding combat with most of his enemies, even though he's got his head. Like, he's jumping over them to save time. 
time, which is the smart play. That's something I would have completely forgot to do if I had a game where I could lob my skull at people. I'd be doing that all the time. Yeah, I would 100% be like, ha Eat skull thing. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have a clever line to say, but I'd say but yeah. I, I would have been 10 when this came out. There's no time for cleverness. <laughs> 45 seconds left in the challenge and he loses time by missing a jump that he has to redo. But I think he's okay. He saved a lot of time by avoiding combat. So hopefully yeah. he's going to be okay. I think that might have been a nice cushion for him. Uh, there's about 30 seconds left and he takes his first hit and he loses his head. And this is precisely what Games Master told you not to do. <laughs> no. He didn't follow the advice. So he can't, basically at this point, he can't take another hit and attacking enemies is a lot harder because he's only got what looks like a punching attack. Yeah. So it makes it, he has to get really close up. Like, it's really dangerous. At this point, he starts executing some really slick wall jumps and, like, lots of cool jumps onto platforms. He's, like, buttery smooth. He knows exactly where he's going. Yeah, And how I to was do impressed. it in the safest way. I would have died, really. Yeah, same. 100%. <laughs> and, like, there's about 12 seconds to go and he just, he reaches the final platform and crosses the finish line. There's another yeah. one of those ones where they just, they've, they just make an absolute joke of the time limit. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, 12 seconds left or something, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like it's just cool really as imp- you like. Off he goes. Now that's impressive. Two levels with like twelve seconds still left on the clock. Yeah, that's not. It's not quite as um, impressive as Chevron with Strider. No, definitely more impressive than Danny Curley. Yeah, but yeah. Nothing's as impressive as Chevron. No, yeah, Chevron is possibly the, the peak of the he challenges. The on greatest the show so far. <laughs> so yeah, John was he was just unflappable throughout that whole challenge. Like even when he made mistakes, he just regrouped and changed his tactics a little. Played it safe. Great stuff. Good on it. Yeah, Played. just very smooth. And I was I was just really glad that for what could have been the last time ever, <laughs> we ended on a win. Like, yes. It was nice to see the golden joystick come out for the last challenge of the show in the yeah. series. And it's interesting because I, I, I checked through every challenge and the stats are there were 15 wins and 15 losses. Oh, wow. So like I counted the Pat Cash challenge as a loss because the supposed gamer lost. Yeah, well, we know yeah. why she lost, because she wasn't a gamer. <laughs> but they presented her as the gamer of the pair. Yeah. She lost. So I counted that as a loss. So it was 15-15, huh. which I did not think was going to happen. I thought it was a bit more... I thought more losses happened than that. I thought more losses happened. But that goes to show like you always focus on the negatives, don't you? Like I certainly do. It's, yeah. <laughs> I think it's something like you need like 10 positives to offset a negative or something like yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, that makes sense. But oh. so there was a lot of episodes where there was only ever one win and two yeah. losses. So those the win, the losses always overwhelmed the wins in my yeah. memory. There's only a couple of episodes where the wins overwhelmed the losses. I think there's two episodes where every challenge is won. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. It. Yeah. The first episode was like a clean sweep. I can't remember what the other episode that got free wins was but it's such it felt like such a rarity to see the golden joystick but we saw it a decent amount really surprisingly yeah good work those 15 people yeah i know for a fact that danny curley doesn't have his golden joystick anymore (laughs) so he when he was in his 20s he wanted to live in ibiza for a while (laughs) so he just so, like he sold a bunch of his shit in his flat and he chucked the rest in a skip one of the things he chucked in the skip was the golden joystick daddy curly ungrateful shit they, yeah. they bent over backwards for you to make you look like a legend to help build up your brand and this is how you repair them you chuck it in a skip shocking it's probably in a landfill somewhere now buried <laughs> under god knows what that feels like the you know the final like mournful shot of just this golden joystick glinting among the rubbish oh that's depressing <laughs> I, I I always wanted a golden joystick, and this is what they'd do with them. I know. Unacceptable. Oh, we'll find you one. We'll sort you one out. We've got plenty of time before this show. Yeah, well, yeah. Find one, so <laughs> there's lots of time. I might end up with a Sega action chair before we end up with a golden <laughs> joystick, to be fair. So Dominic starts wrapping up the show, and again, acting like it's done. It's it's just still so weird to me to think about now in hindsight. Yeah. But we, do, we do have time for one last tea watch. One last tea watch. And uh, this time it is rose hip tea, which is very nice. I've had rose hip tea. Nice. So I will yeah. never have rose hip tea. It sounds strange. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is strange. I, I have to admit, though, again, I don't like tea. So this, is, yeah. this, this section is purely because Becky knows what she's talking about. <laughs> and I like using the music in the background. <laughs> I need to, um, my next challenge is to write down all the T's at the end of the episode and I'll do a ranking. Yes. So that's series one of Games Master in the bag. A very 
interesting experience. <laughs> a lot of highs and lows. <sighs> That's quintessentially 90s throughout, though. Oh, my God, yes. It's like a distillation. It's mad. And also, like, weirdly timeless at times. Like, yeah. the, some of this stuff, yeah, this is still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> For good and bad. Like <laughs> Yes, very we've much We've got so. the joy of gaming. And we've also got just the terrible fucking industry attitudes and all sorts of stuff that haven't haven't quite progressed as far as we'd hope yeah <laughs> like the jimmy campaign and all that uh, stuff just, the jimmy to bring campaign. him back it's been interesting and this is exactly what i was hoping for when i pitched <laughs> the series like it would be interesting to look back at and reflect on retro television retro gaming the gaming industry gaming history yeah gaming today as we know it there's just a lot going on in between all the wanking jokes and Patrick Moore. <laughs> so many wanking jokes. I think that to me is the biggest revelation. I think they do tone that down going forward because I think this was, they were going for like a, a brand or a vibe with Dominic mm. Diamond, which wasn't entirely his persona. And he gets to bring a bit more of himself in, in late. I don't think he quite, you don't think he does it in series two. I think it's series four by the time he gets to really show his own personality. Okay. So there's possibly a bit more to put up with in series too <laughs> this sort of nonsense but it'll be interesting to see how he can work it out because he's even with all the wanking jokes he, he does make an effort so i'll give yeah. him that no he's a very good host considering he had no hosting experience before games master he he just stepped up to the plate and he just nailed it yeah i probably would not have enjoyed games master nearly as much as a kid if it wasn't for dominic diamond yeah he's definitely got that kind of cool adult but like connect with the youth vibe yeah which is a very tough vibe to get right. Not no complaints about Dominic Diamond, even if it, sometimes he would overdo it. Like mm. he was the shining light throughout some really duff episodes of Games Master yeah. the series. <laughs> we love you, Dominic. Please come back to Twitch so we can beg you to come on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're like desperate or anything. <laughs> no, we've got again. We've got plenty of time to <laughs> wrangle him onto the show. We're just going to manifest it. Yeah. If you can dream it, you can be it. Yes, we will. That's another good <laughs> platitude. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Rocky Horror Show. <laughs> Caroline's going to be so mad at me for not remembering that. Uh. I'm going to have to cut that bit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'll keep it in so she can yell at me when she hears it. <laughs> so that's us done with the first series of Games Mastery Visited. This series will take a little break while we prepare for series two because fuck me, we're going to need some preparation time. <laughs> Mentally, spiritually. It's a long one. <laughs> yep physically i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna just need a break from thinking about games master for a week or two <laughs> before i dive back into the fray yes you you've more than earned it <laughs> so we will be back in the near future uh but keep your eyes on the podcast feed because there's plenty of other great content coming soon with that in mind please remember to make sure you're following or subscribed to one of our podcast feeds they are available on all good podcast platforms. Uh, leave us a rating on Spotify Mobile or maybe a rating and a politely worded review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 1UPPOD. That is 1-U-P-P-OD. You can find me on Twitter at truly underscore defective. And Becky, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and things as Becky Greasley. So we will see you again soon. I'm not going to promise when. <laughs> fuck knows. When you've recovered. When I've recovered. Just leave me alone, everybody. So we'll see you soon. And in the meantime, don't forget to get a life and strip wittingly with eyes. 